Welcome to the Pet Industry Podcast, connecting you with the people and pets behind the passion, the leading experts in the pet industry. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Sprinkle. And I'm your other host, Dr. Mary Cope. Welcome back to the Pet Industry Podcast. In our last episode, Mary and I brought in our colleague, Dr. Stephanie Clark, to discuss fiber and its impact on pet health, especially for gastrointestinal tract and the microbiome. I hope you listened to that fun episode, if you haven't already. And as we were discussing fiber's impact on pet health, we started talking about how fiber can have a role in, you got it, pet's anal gland health. If you have a pet with anal gland problems, you know how frustrating this issue can be, and you may have questions about it. So we decided to put this in a mini episode so you will learn how fiber may help with anal gland issues and other things to consider if this is a problem for your pet. We share some of our own pet stories as examples, so here we go. So funny story to, to ease us into anal glands for our listeners. When I was away at school and, and doing my postdoc, I would come back for the holidays. And it was always like a week or so before the holidays, I would get a bunch of family members calling me and say like, okay, so when you come over for Thanksgiving dinner on this day, can you express Darby's anal glands? Can you express Dominica's anal glands? <laughs> and so that was like my holiday I'm, I'm in town. How many anal glands am I expressing? Oh, wow. Hopefully not too close to the food. Um, <laughs> it was always that debate before or after dinner. <laughs> so I think that, you know, when we're discussing stool quality and healthy stools, in theory, dogs are supposed to have anal glands that are self-expressing when they defecate their anal glands are supposed to be expressed naturally. However, due to a variety of, of different reasons, that's not always the case. And so because of that, that owners will sometimes see their dog, you know, the classic scooting their bottoms across the carpet, or they'll be sitting on the couch and be blessed with that very distinct kind of fishy anal gland smell and fiber can actually help with keeping anal glands down. So would either one of you like to address exactly how fiber can work to, you know, decrease the frequency of needing anal glands expressed or, you know, even prevent them from becoming a problem altogether? Definitely totally volunteered for that one. So you go for it. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned the fishy smell um, because the same family members that would give me a call, they said that their dog was nickeling because they, they always said it smelled like when you hold change in your hand and then you smell your hand. So that's changed it completely for me forever. Um, I will never think of it <laughs> any different way. But anal glands, they're, they're so tricky because usually our smaller dogs struggle with them so much and really like you were saying, Mary, they should be able to express them, no problem, every time they defecate. But sometimes that, that stool quality is just a little too mushy to help us express our anal glands. So really honing in on that fiber. And, and I know we talked way back when, when pumpkin was the cure-all, maybe it started with anal glands because I felt like anytime you had anal gland issues with your dogs, it was like, canned pumpkin, here you go. And really it's just to add that fiber, add that bulk, so when they defecate, it can 
push or you know express their anal glands now it's great right but it's not it's not a cure-all for everything in the sense of you just add fiber and your dog's anal glands will be perfect sometimes they flare up if uh, a dog's anal glands get impact it can be really difficult for them to express it even with a ton of fiber so while fiber can help either reduce the visits to the vet or reduce the phone calls to your vet tech or veterinarian uh, family member around the holidays it's not a cure-all and so if they pop up um, obviously you'll need to get them expressed find someone who knows how to express them because you don't want them to get impact that's a whole different stinky situation why we have all talked about anal glands and and while everyone on this podcast has expressed either their dogs or someone else's dog's anal glands please do not do that please go to your vet have them professionally do it while it may seem like an easy task and you can wiki how how to do it, it, it it's a little bit more complicated than wiki has it so please go see your vet if you think your dog needs to have them expressed for everyone's safety <laughs> yeah <laughs> and for that bond later on in life <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i will just add to you you're you were right. The The fiber can be extremely helpful. So a higher fiber diet might help. Just to bring out the, the nerdy uh, veterinary stuff, uh, there are a few instances where there are some genetic issues um, where it might actually be some type of an inflammatory condition that we need to help resolve as well. So, you know, it, it really does help to work with your veterinarian you know, just kind of making sure you go through all the potential reasons that it's happening so that you can truly find the, the best solution for your individual pet. Yeah, on that, on that individual pet. So our first family dog, Sandy, she was the best beagle ever. She was the most unbeagle beagle you can imagine. Very sensitive to emotions, never barked in the, you know, in the years that we had her, I've never heard her bark but she struggled with anal glands and we tried fiber, we tried different medications. And at the end of the day, we could not get them under control. So we actually had to remove them, which was a relatively risky surgery because there's a lot of, of, of nerves back there and a lot of uh, things that need to stay intact to constrict um, and keep things in and keep things out. So again, going back to, we tried fiber, we tried medication, obviously working with our veterinarian at the time. And this was over, you know, 15, 20 years ago. At the end of the day, she just couldn't overcome them getting impacted consistently and continuously. So individual pets sometimes need individual care. <laughs> yeah. I know my parents, funnily enough, it was also a beagle. Oh, beagles. They <laughs> they had a, a beagle that had to have her anal glands removed as well. And they, I was not alive at the time, but they told me that the recovery from that procedure was very hard on the dog. Um, and because of that, we try to stay as on top of our dog's anal gland health as possible to prevent impaction and infection. So we hopefully don't have to put another dog through a procedure like that. But I will also say that I have one dog that she's always self-expressed through defecation and it's never been a problem. And I have another dog that I will always have to go in and manually express um, his anal glands because 
as you said, every dog is an individual. So it's, it's interesting because I wouldn't say that there's a big difference in stool quality, but you know, some just struggle with it and others it's, you know, never an issue. I've known lots of people that they never even have to think about anal glands and others where it's constantly on their mind. They're always having to take their dog in to be seen for them. So very tricky topic indeed, <laughs> but hopefully fiber, if you are struggling with a pet that has anal gland problems, perhaps, you know, talk to your veterinarian about it and see if adding fiber to the diet can potentially, if not eliminate vet visits, maybe help to reduce them. I think it also goes back, you know, just with that individual, you know, why sometimes when you ask a nutritionist a question, it's not always the, the most straightforward answer because you really do have to go to the individual dog to try to find what works. So I, I think that's important. We do know that fiber is important. We know that it's very beneficial. We know how to balance it in general, but you are going to find slightly different fiber balances for different diets. So I, I think all of those things are important to consider when you are thinking about fiber, thinking about your pet, working with your veterinarian if need be to, to make sure that you've, you've got it balanced just right to find the, the perfect nutritional option for each pet. If you made it through an anal gland conversation, you rock. You may also like our last episode on fiber and the episode called Are Probiotics Good for Your Pet? where we talk about probiotics and the microbiome. If you want to learn more about us at BSM Partners, check out our website at bsmpartners.net. We hope you'll click that follow plus sign on your podcast app and we thank you so much for your support. Until next time.